So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Common Sea Inspirations, being produced here in our Common Sea studio here in Ada, and this, the 29th of March, the fifth Sunday of Lent. And help me to produce the programme again, as usual, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Not so bad these days, considering. Not so bad, but we'll have more about that in a few seconds. Thanks again for joining me, Shane. And, of course, we want to welcome, uh, in a very special way, those of our listeners who... Who stay with us each week, especially those who are housebound, lonely, struggling in some way today, worried, concerned. The listeners who support us in prayer each week. We would also want to just express our, our thanks to you first of all for for staying with us, but as well as that, assure you that you are remember you are being remembered in in, in the prayers of this the the team here at Come and See Inspirations, but also all of the listeners. Thank you again for. St- for staying with us. We hope that you, we know that you'll enjoy today's programme. Just to remind people uh, people again, this programme is broadcast on Sacred Space. It's, it's a, a programme that goes out on West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday and is available for playback and download on Common Sea Inspirations at buzzsprout.com. And also, we, our, our podcasts can, are available to be heard and downloaded on Spotify or indeed iTunes. Just to explain a few things these days, because, of course, we are covered with the restrictions that, that, that are placed on communities these days, and that in, in includes ourselves. Um, and we know that many of our listeners cannot get personally to attend Mass each Sunday, each day, in fact, in most places. Uh, thankfully, on, on RTE um, News Now, uh, at 10.30 each morning, there is Mass, at a weekday morning. But on Sunday, just to remind people again, and uh, here on Sacred Space, uh, from Come and See Inspirations, we are in uh, in, in uh, conjunction with um, the Abbeyfield Parish in Abbeyfield, County Limerick, Father Tony Mullins. Uh, we're grateful, for Father Tony, for uh, allowing us to, to link in with their Mass. Their Mass is usually at 9.15 and at 12 p.m., 12 o'clock, noon. Father Tony has changed his time to 10am to facilitate the listeners here on our programme who can't get to Mass and are able to listen in to Mass being celebrated live in Abbeyfield. So thanks to Father Tony. So just again, just to remind listeners, 10am in the foreseeable future, um, a 10am slot each Sunday morning will include in the first part Mass from Abbeyfield. And then after that, we might have a few reflections just to finish up the programme later on. Uh, this is what happened last week. And again, we want to thank, thank um, Westlake 102 for, for facilitating us too, and especially Jason Smith, uh, uh, based back at the station each Sunday morning, for helping us out with that. Before I forget, uh, Good Friday is another special that we've got coming up. Um, Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West has arranged each Good Friday to have... A, sta- a prayer around the cross. That's the Stations of the Cross, uh, very popular. It's, it's uh, usually held each year at 8 p.m. in the church there in Newcastle West. This year, obviously, there's a problem in, in holding that to the public. So, Father Frank has asked us, and we're delighted to be able to facilitate it. We're going to start recording uh, some of the prayer around the cross, and that will go out on West Limit 102, and a special Come and See Inspirations program, um, at 8 p.m on Good Friday. So 8pm Good Friday, there's a prayer around the cross. 10am each Sunday morning, we have our Mass from Abbeyfield. Sunday evening is our usual programme. 
And the second part of our programme today includes the final in a series of reflections on the way of the cross, the journey of Jesus to Calvary, and Father Eamon Conway joins us, where we'll be, Father Eamon will reflect for us on the 13th, 14th and 15th station. Again, if you want to contact the station, please do so by uh, texting 87 6088667. That's 87 6088667 or sacred space 102 at gmail.com. Now, I don't think I've forgotten anything there, Shane, but if you want to add something, please do so and, and continue on with Saints for the Week. Sure, no problem, John. Um, so, just as John said, just to remind people, RT are broadcasting Daily Mass on uh, what's it called, John? RT Extra? RTE News Now. Yeah, news now. Yeah. Sorry, beg your pardon, Rod, before I cause complete and utter consternation. Um, we now, by the time this program goes out to air, we may or may not have had an announcement from the Bishop's Conference in relation to Holy Week. Um, during the week, the Vatican issued guidance for the celebration of the Easter of the Holy Week ceremonies in terms of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday. Um, but we'll, we're just waiting to see what the Irish Bishops Conference will decide to do. And we'll bring you that news as soon as we have anything in terms of what's going to be broadcast or not broadcast. My understanding is that there is discussions with RTE about broadcasting the ceremonies from somewhere in the country so that people have access to them. Uh, and the Vatican was quite strict on that, actually. They said Easter cannot be cancelled. It cannot be moved because it's set. And also they were uh, saying that that the ceremonies should be live uh, for people to participate in them. But we'll come back to that, hopefully, John, on next week's programme when we have a bit more information. Um, during this week, of course, we had a couple of interesting things that were going on. Wednesday, which was the 25th, we, of course, had Pope Francis joining with Christians around the world at 12 o'clock to recite the Our Father. Here in Ireland, of course, at noon on Wednesday, we also, of course, had the consecration of Ireland to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, Friday, of course, just gone, we had that special at Urbi et Orbi on Friday evening from Rome. So Pope Francis' blessing to the city and to the world. And it's, it's rather unique, Urbi et Orbi, the blessing is only normally given at Christmas and Easter and when a pope is elected. So it, it, it's unusual for a special one to be given, particularly during the penitential season of Lent. Um, so it's just to keep an eye keep an eye on things. We're not quite as bad as things are in the UK at the moment, where the where the bishops in the UK have actually ordered the complete closure of churches. Um, churches in Ireland are still open, so that people can go in to pray. Um, obviously, of course, observing social distancing and 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 that thing, that type of thing. Uh, so it's very important. Um, but also just to I say to people as well to to be conscious as well of places in the world like Italy and Northern Italy and New York, where the, the numbers are horrific in terms of those that have died. And that is why we are doing what we're doing in terms of social distancing, washing of hands, cancelling and closure of events, is to try and slow down the impact of that when it hits our own particular shores. Um, now, John, celestial guides and normal things like that that we do on the programme. So as you said, today is the 29th of March. It is the fifth Sunday of Lent. And for those praying the Psalter, we're using week one. I think I might have said that last week, John. If people are online and they would like to have a way of praying that maybe they're, they're, they're looking for a structure to follow, I would definitely recommend the Liturgy of the Hours as a way of doing it. And it's available on the website universalis.com. 
and they give all uh, they give you the hours of uh, what are called the hours of the liturgy of the hours and it's set out in front of you in terms of praying the psalms the responses and the scripture reading and it's 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 a lovely way to get introduced to the liturgy of the hours so then on monday the 30th of march we have the feast day of saint fergus of down patrick irish saint we don't know a whole lot about him obviously associated with down patrick he was a bishop up there at one stage sixth century and died around 583 that's pretty much all we know about him then on the 31st of march which is tuesday we have the feast day of well the one of the ones i've picked out is saint benjamin the deacon now i'm going a bit further far afield for this saint this week he's actually persian so that's that part of the world which Iran sits in. He was a deacon, uh, presumably, I didn't actually, it doesn't actually say which particular church, I presume in Church of the East, the Assyrian Church of the East. He was a deacon anyway, imprisoned for a year for his faith, and he was released on the condition that he would never speak about Christianity. And instead, he took to the streets and became a street preacher, proclaiming the word any place he could find people. And he was persecuted under King Varanes, arrested, tortured, and martyred. And he died uh, by being impaled on a stake in about 424 AD. So that's St. Benjamin the Deacon, courageous man, proclaiming the word. Then on the 1st of April, that's next Wednesday, folks. Hard to believe. We're almost at the end of March. So the 1st of April next, we have the feast day of St. Celsius or Scaloc in the Irish calendar. He is our, the, the, the saint is associated, he's an abbot of Armagh, born in 1080, and he died in 1129, and he's buried in Lismore. Um, he's, uh, he's influenced by the reform uh, of the church that was happening around that time, and very importantly, he presided over the Synod of Rat Brazil in 1111. Now, that synod's important because that's the one that set up the current structure we have in terms of our dioceses around the country. So that's one of the reasons why that stands out in the church history at the time. So, <clears throat> so that's St. Kellogg, who we celebrate on the 1st of April. On the 2nd of April, on Thursday, we celebrate the feast day of St. Francis of Paolo. She was a, he was a Italian, born in Calabria in 1416, a hermit who attracted others to his way of life, and he died in France in 1507. Then on Friday, we have, the fe we have a feast day of Blessed Maria Teresa Cassini. Now, Blessed Maria Teresa Cassini, obviously with a name like that, is uh, Italian from Frascati in Italy. She suffered very much uh, from illness. And though she had a number of setbacks, she had health problems, she entered the religious life. Initially, she was a poor Clare, but because of illness, she had to leave that. And if she's, she left the cloister. And then she returned to her family home, was very much involved with praying at the local church. And then she set up a new congregation called the Victims of the Sacred Heart, they were called. They were, they were sisters and they were a cloistered community. And eventually, however, the bishop convinced them to come out of the cloister into active life. And they were involved with education of young girls. And they became the Oblate Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus to better for, better reflect their status and mission. Now, she's an interesting lady. She, um, her health collapsed completely in 1925. And she was paralyzed for the final decade of her life. But she continued to help run the sisters, meeting, teaching, counseling. And uh, she died in 1937, and she was beatified by Pope Francis in 2015. So, um, and it's interesting, her beatification miracle involved the healing of brain lesions, brain lesions, I beg your pardon, of a young fella, a five-year-old drowning victim from Ohio. So I thought that was rather interesting. 
Finally, then, John. Oh, sorry. Of course, Friday next week, as is the third of April. That's the first Friday. Um, so for those for those uh, that observe the the, the devotion, uh, then on Saturday uh, it's the feast day of Saint Isidore of Seville. Uh, died there in 636. A famous a famous uh, writer, doctor of the church. He had a very. It's described as a veritable encyclopedia of knowledge. And he celebrated what's called the Mozarabic Liturgy, which is still celebrated today in Seville. And as far as I'm aware, John, St. Isidore is the patron saint of the Internet. Oh, very good. Yes. Okay, pal. That's need, it. Need you, need you. Okay, listen, Shane, thanks a lot for that. Okay, um, just two things that I, I, I almost forgot just before we go uh, for uh, Spirit of Communion Prayer. First of all, for those who, again, have access, as Shane just mentioned there, to the internet, if you want to log into novena.ie, that's the Redemptist um, the church here in Limerick, every evening, 8pm, there's a rosary. 8pm from the Redemptist church there in Limerick, available at novena.ie. And I mentioned there, Abbey Field Church, the Church of the Annunciation. Um, Stations of the Cross, 3pm every day every weekday again going to church services and click into stations of the cross which is in abbeyfield a spiritual communion prayer especially those and most of us all of us these days who can't receive jesus sacramentally my jesus i desire to receive you into my soul since i cannot now receive you sacramentally come spiritually into my soul i embrace you as already there i unite myself wholly to you never permit me to be separated from you Amen. So now it's time to go for our first bit of music. Uh, just before uh, I do that, just remind again, listeners, Father Eamon Conway is joining us in, in part two. Father Eamon's going to help us to reflect on the 13th, 14th and 15th station. But in the meantime, we'll go for our first bit of music in his time by the Maranatha Singers. So back at join us again in part two.
So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined at the other end of Skype by Shane Ambrose. And just continuing on with our reflections on the Stations of the Cross, I'd like to welcome onto the programme again uh, Father Eamon Conway. Good morning, Father Eamon, how are you? Good morning, good to be with you this morning indeed. Well, thank God. Very much indeed, Father Eamon, uh, Father Eamon in, the, in these times. So just continuing on, uh, as I said, that we've been doing for the last number of weeks, where we've been reflecting, having various guests coming on and reflecting on the various stations of the cross. This week, uh, we're going to continue on with reflecting on the 13th, 14th and 15th station. And as usual, just before uh, Father Eamon gives us his first reflection, we just ask people maybe to settle in a little, a little bit. Um, take your mind off what's, what's happening around you at the moment and listen to this little bit of Taze music entitled Stay Here. So come back to us now in a minute and we'll invite Father Eamon to, to study his reflections.
So now we'll invite Father Eamon to reflect on the 13th station. Thanks, Father Eamon. So the 13th station is Jesus being taken down from the cross. Um, and we're presented with the the lifeless body of Jesus. Uh, the only, if you like, the only movement is really in response to the law of gravity, uh, the heavy weight of his body. And we're all familiar with the various artistic images of Jesus uh, being placed into the arms of of his mother, uh, who stood, of course, at the foot of the cross, um, who had watched the last uh, moments of his life. Um, we can just imagine the sense of trauma, the sense of shock. <clears throat> and I suppose I'm very much aware in these past uh, few days and weeks of the horrific images we've all been confronted with of of people dying, um, of people having to watch, unfortunately, in many instances from a distance, the last moments of their loved ones, uh, not so many, thank God, at least yet, uh, in this country, but in other countries. I suppose the whole of the way of the cross is a reminder to each one of us um, that God is with us even in these darkest and most lonely moments of our lives. Uh, we pray in one of our prayers to be with us now and in our, uh, at the end of our life, at the end of our uh, agony, um, that the Lord will be with us. And that is our faith, that is our hope, uh, that is our conviction. And it's one that's born of love. It's born of the experience of God's love we have in happier and more joyful moments of our lives, that God is with us. Uh, it's born of the experience of knowing ourselves to be loved in and through the love of others that others have for us, even perhaps at times when we realize that maybe we're not worthy of that love, but that love nonetheless persists. And that's some intimation of the kind of love that God has for us. And so now here we see the dead son of God uh, in the arms of his mother, but in the arms of a love that is stronger than death, a love that persists even in that moment of end of life. May we be worthy of that love and how we live our lives. May we, in our own little ways, the ways that we're called to, live out of that love for others, sometimes in patience, sometimes in pain, uh, sometimes in loneliness, but always in the footsteps of our Lord who walked the way of the cross for each one of us. Thank you for that, Father Eamon. And now we'll go for our second piece of music entitled Abbe Verum Corpus. And this one, it was, of course, written by Mozart.
So now we'll invite Father Eamon to continue reflecting with us, and this time it's on the 14th station. Jesus is placed in the tomb. For me, this station is the station of stillness. Uh, all the all the movement, all the action, all the activity is over now, and his lifeless body lies uh, on a slab in a tomb. And I've seen many a body, as I'm sure others have, lying lifeless, um, no movement, no action, simply being acted upon. Some theologians have helped us to really get the best out of this particular station, not just thinking about Jesus as being dead, um, dead for us, out of a love for us, out of solidarity with us, experiencing that moment of death and dying, uh, as we all have to, and therefore that we're not alone in those moments. But some theologians push this even further and say that the word becoming flesh, the word becoming incarnate, doesn't just stop with death. But if you remember in the Creed, uh, in the Apostles' Creed, we pray, he descended into hell. And so on Holy Saturday, I'm not talking about the vigil now, which of course is Easter, on Holy Saturday, the altars are stripped, our churches are like a tomb. There's a sense of emptiness, no flowers, there shouldn't be any religious emblems on display. A bit like actually our churches are like at the moment, because we have to keep apart. So that moment of emptiness, we talk about the descent into hell, that between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, Jesus not only experienced being dead, but experienced being damned, entered into loneliness with those who have, as Hansel von Balthasar put it, chosen to put their own ego, their own I, in the place of God's selfless love. And so Balthasar concludes from this that no matter what we do as human beings, no matter how we try to drive God from us, no matter what kind of self-made hells we create for ourselves and indeed, sadly, also for one another, God is with us. The dead Jesus descends into hell to be with us in the loneliness that we have striven for, perhaps, the way we've pushed everybody else away from us. That even in that human experience, the, human, the experience of God-forsakenness, a self-chosen God-forsakenness, God does not abandon us. God does not desert us. And he says, who knows if seeing Jesus dead for us does not disturb the loneliness we have striven for. Who knows if that does not still, that dead Lord there among us does not disturb us and call forth some gasp of love from us and bring us back uh, from that self-enclosed uh, tomb uh, to life with God. So at this point, we might play a little piece of music by Conan Rave, and this one is entitled, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? Were you there when they crew? 
crucified, my Lord. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they nailed him to Father Eamon will, will share with us his thoughts on the 15th station. The 15th station, of course, is the resurrection. This is the Easter prayer. It's the highest point of our church life when we celebrate Easter together, when we celebrate the resurrection. The resurrection is our future. The resurrection is our guarantee of God's promise that love is stronger than death. And so what we have been living through over the last number of days as we celebrate Easter, as we walk the way of the cross with the Lord, we enter into his passion, we enter into his suffering, we enter into his death, but we're also invited to enter into his resurrection. And the hymns, the wonderful hymns of Easter, the return of the Alleluia, the return of the Gloria, these remind us that death has no dominion. We will hear these words being echoed again and again, that death does not have the last word. Of course, we still have to die, but we do not have to die in such a way that we no longer trust in the power of God's love and mercy to bring us through death into eternal life. Death no longer has to be experienced for us as tragic end and breakdown of relationship with our loved ones but rather as that moment in which we, accompanied by the Lord, the risen Lord, we journey through sickness, perhaps through illness, through loneliness, into the moment of death and beyond death into eternal life with God, where nothing can ever separate us from God's love and indeed the love of all our loved ones. So the resurrection is the guarantee of that moment. It's the coming back uh, to fullness of life. In fact, coming forward into a level of life that we could not have hoped for, that is way beyond even our greatest imaginings. We pray together that this moment of resurrection will come for each one of us, where we will be reunited with all our loved ones in the joy of God's kingdom, for which we give praise and glory to God in the Easter season. So again, we thank Father Eamon for completing um, the journey of Jesus on his way to the cross, the stations of the cross, helping us with the 13th, 14th and 15th station. So now we'll we'll finish this part with a final piece of music. Might be apt at this stage by John Michael Talbot, and this one is entitled Be Not Afraid. So please join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety.
So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose and Father Eamon Conway. And we begin with uh, thanks to Father Eamon Conway and indeed all our guests, uh, volunteers, who, who share their thoughts and the stations of the cross 
We hoped it helped you as it helped us to journey with Jesus on his way to the cross. This part of the programme is where we, we read and reflect on the Word of God. Uh, this particular week, there's a prayer before we, we, we read and reflect on Scripture, and I'm going to pray this prayer this week. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, humbly and attentively. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your Word. Send your Spirit to us, so that receiving the Word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your Word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this, to, to this listening. As we ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So this week, for the Sunday, the fifth of, of uh, Lent, uh, the fifth Sunday in Lent, we'll invite Shane to pray the, to read the, the gospel for this week. Thanks, Shane. There was a man named Lazarus who lived in the village of Bethany with the two sisters, Mary and Martha, and he was ill. It was the same Mary, the sister of the sick man Lazarus, who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. The sisters sent this message to Jesus: "Lord, the man you love is ill." On receiving the message, Jesus said, This sickness will end not in death, but in God's glory, and through it the Son of God will be glorified. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yes, when he, yet when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was for two more days, before saying to his disciples, Let us go to Judea. The disciples said, Rabbi, it is not long since the Jews wanted to stone you. Are you going back again? Jesus replied, are there not 12 hours in the day? A man can walk in the daytime without stumbling because he has the light of this world to see by. But if he walks at night, he stumbles because there's no light to guide him. He said that and then added, Our friend Lazarus is resting. I'm going to wake him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he is able to rest, he's sure to get better. The phrase Jesus you referred to the death of Lazarus, but they taught that by rest he meant sleep. So Jesus put it plainly. Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, because now you will believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, known as the twin, said to the other disciples, let us go to and die with him. On arriving, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days already. Bethany is only about two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to sympathize with them over their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus had come, she went to meet him. Mary remained sitting in the house. Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatever you ask of God, he will grant you. Your brother, said Jesus will, to her, will rise again. Martha said, I know he will rise again at the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, even though he dies, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who has to come into this world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in a low voice, The Master is here and wants to see you. Hearing this, Mary got up quickly and went to him. 
Jesus had not yet come into the village. He was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were in the house sympathizing with Mary saw her get up so quickly and go out, they followed her, thinking she was going to the tomb to weep there. Mary went to Jesus, and as soon as she saw him, she threw herself at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. At the sight of her tears and those of the Jews who followed her, Jesus said in great distress with a sigh that came straight from the heart, Where have you put him? They said, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept, and the Jews said, See how much he loved him. But there were some who remarked, He opened the eyes of the blind man. Could he have not prevented this man's death? Still sighing, Jesus reached the tomb. It was a cave with a stone to close the opening. Jesus said, Take the stone away. Martha said to him, Lord, by now he will smell. This is the fourth day. Jesus replied, Have I not told you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing my prayer. I knew indeed that you always hear me, but I speak for the sake of all those who stand around me, so that they may believe it was you who sent me. When he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, here, come out. The dead man came out, his feet and hands bound with bands of stuff and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Unbind him, let him go free. Many of the Jews had come to visit Mary and had seen had seen what he did and believed in him. Thanks for that, Shane. So that's the Gospel for today, the fifth Sunday in Lent, the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 1 to 45. Father Eamon, would you like to share a reflection with us, please? Yeah, it's a wonderful, a wonderful gospel, and there's so many uh, aspects and images in that. I suppose just listening to it being proclaimed there um, by Shane, what struck me is how great it's to have this as the gospel text at the fifth Sunday of Lent. I suppose it's been a strange Lent for us all, hasn't it? You know, uh, an extraordinary one, really. And um, we may well have been somewhat. Um, displaced during this Lent, our, our Lenten fast, perhaps our Lenten penance, whatever we've taken on, might well have uh, have been um, set aside or we may well have been shook in our plans because of the whole impact of this extraordinary pandemic on our lives. This is a great gospel to, to focus again for the last week now uh, before we head into Pan Sunday and then Holy Week. Uh, there's another two weeks before us. And what I gather from this gospel is this, that it's, it's, there's always the possibility of new life in us. Uh, there's always the possibility of us being brought to the fullest possible human being that God wants for each one of us. And this is, I suppose, the, the gospel of John here in the text of Lazarus being brought back from death, uh, the the resuscitation of Lazarus, even though he was he was dead. It's an extraordinary thing that by the end of the, of the first century, uh, John's Gospel being the last Gospel to be written, that the early church had come to the view that Jesus was Lord of life and of death, that he had the power in him to uh, heal people and even overcome death itself. Of course, it is a post-resurrection Gospel that could only have been written in light of the resurrection. And so it is already a premonition then of what we will be celebrating 
in two weeks' time. So I see two aspects to this. One is to give us courage and hope, to recenter ourselves now for the last two weeks, that whatever, in a sense, mess we've made of ourselves or our lives or our Lent, uh, whatever way we've been displaced uh, by the whole uh, epidemic and the way it's upset family life and work life and uh, thrown confusion into our lives and raised maybe questions of doubt about God's love and about the, the power of God's love to overcome suffering and evil, whatever discomfort we may have at the moment, listen carefully to this gospel, listen to the power of Christ to bring forth life in what might seem like the most lifeless of situations. And really with that strength and courage now, look to the next uh, two weeks and journey with the Lord in the next uh, in the next two weeks as we celebrate uh, Holy Week and then the joy of the resurrection. Thanks for that, Father, Father Eamon. Shane, a few thoughts? Um, it's as 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 Father Eamon said, it's 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 an interesting gospel to have as we come towards the end of of as I love that expression, dislocated Lent that that Father Eamon used. Uh, I think it's a great way of of describing things as they stand at the moment, and it's very much, I suppose, for me, um, within John's gospel, this is one which very much is John's, one of John's efforts to bring across the humanity of Jesus. But I suppose one of the challenges in, God, in John's Gospel is sometimes the Jesus we're presented with seems very, um, how is the word I'd use, high above us, I suppose, is one way of describing it. You know, and, but this for me is one of the ones where we, we, we see the humanity of, of Jesus. Um, three friends of his, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, uh, we know from the other synoptics they, he, that he used to spend quite a bit of time with them at Bethany, which was within a Sabbath day walk of, of the holy city of Jerusalem. And he's obviously, you know, they, they were his friends. These were people he stayed with. He knew them. We can imagine them breaking bread together, sharing meals, sharing stories, resting on the, from the, his various walks and journeys around Judea. And we can see that when he hears, when he when he meets Mary and Martha, and he sees the reality, the, the one that jumped out for me was Jesus wept. And it's one of the two occasions that we he- hear in the Gospels of Jesus of Jesus weeping. The other is where he weeps over Jerusalem. But in this one, he weeps for his friend Lazarus, and he weeps for the sorrow of those that are mourning. And I think for me, it's very appropriate at this time, that we are reminded that God isn't so far away from us and doesn't know what it is that we are going through. Um, He knows what it is to be hungry. He knows what it is to be thirsty. He knew what it was to encounter grief. Uh, He knew what it was to love and lose someone that was close to him. In this particular case, this, you know, a particularly close friend that we, as far as we can tell. And I think at this particular time, it's a reminder to us that in the midst of it all, when we're looking to find the moments of grace, when we're trying to see our way through the loneliness and the isolation and the pain, and we're watching and we're, we're watching the darkness of fear and that cloud that's hanging over us at this time, that we remember Jesus wept and that he is with us. And he knows, it, he knows what it is that we are going through. 
And that's what we have to remind ourselves this Sunday, very much as like what Father Eamon said. But then the other side of it is that key sentence, which is probably one of the most quoted sentences, probably from John's Gospel. I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, even though he dies, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. I am the resurrection and the life. That whole sentence tells us who Jesus reminds us who he is. That whole proclamation, the word that's used, I am. Jesus identifying himself with the great tradition of Israel where God defines, identifies himself as I am. Not the God of the past, not the God of the future, but the God who was with us in this moment in time. And it is that God who was with us in this moment in time reminds us that he is the God of life. He is the God of resurrection. And that while we walk in this desert of loneliness and fear at the moment, we have to, suppose, remind ourselves not to be overcome, that we will prevail, that we have a reason to prevail in terms of the life that we have, the people that we love, and the God that accompanies us. And to remember that he is with us in that journeying as we face into this cloud of despair. And that as we enter into this last two weeks of Lent, we are walking and we are accompanying the Lord in our own Via Dolorosa. We are walking our way of the cross, but we have to remind ourselves, we walk to Calvary, but Calvary is not the end of the story. We walk to an empty tomb and the hope that comes towards us. Shane, thank you very much, Nate, for that. Just a short little comment, just myself, really. It, it, it's I've taken it from Michael de Bertai, from his reflection this week, one of his reflections anyway. And what he says is this. He said, Lord, we remember that today the times we were like Lazarus. I suppose we are at the moment. We're in the tomb. We're discouraged, in despair, overwhelmed. We thank you for sending Jesus to us as we lay in that tomb. A friend, a parent, an uncle or an aunt, some member of our church community. And this Jesus loved us, reached out to us in the tomb, in a loud, confident voice, calling us to come out. Thank you, Lord. So I suppose that message, my message would be, as as is the message I think of most people these days, nearly everybody these days, let's try and help each other stand together in the face of what's in front of us, but we stand together in faith. We know we've got Jesus on our side. Father Eamon, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been a real pleasure to have the company. I think it's so important what you're, the service you're providing now to help people have that sense of being accompanied at this time. So thank you for having me on, and thanks to Shane as well. We do that without people like you. Thank you very much indeed, Father Eamon. And Shane, uh, this brings, brings us to the end of the programme, uh, brings us to the end of our, our, our reflections on the station of the cross. I suppose it's only right that we should, we should thank all those who can contribute to us so, over the last five weeks. Various people, various stations, various thoughts. Beautiful to have them with us, and thank you again, all of you, for sharing with us. So now we'll go out with our final piece of music. This one may be apt. It's by, by Chris Tomlin, and this one is in chi- entitled, Lord, I Need You. So next week, God bless you all now. Bye. Lord, I come 
Cannot stand, I'll fall on you. 